0: This show is a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. Enjoy the show. Paul and Michael occasionally save
1: the world. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. Occasionally. Before. occasionally before. Well, I'll start testing it out before we start each time just to see if there's anything weird with the connection. Sounds good. Ah, but... Happy birthday, Paul. Thank you. You're now old. (laughs) I don't feel like it changed that much between yesterday and today. So let me tell you how my, uh, so I had to think this out. So I I turned 36. So that means that it was my 37th year that drew to an end, right? Because yeah, that's how it works. I did say that wrong though. My 36th year drew to an end. My 37th year started today, which is what I meant to say. Um, Yeah, because I was thinking about it. So on my birthday, or I'm sorry, on the day before my birthday, which was yesterday, uh, I kind of, it was my first day of vacation. I am taking an eight-day vacation right now, and I kind of decided to do all the things that I wanted to do uh, yesterday, and then today we had, like, family plans, pretty much, uh, you know, for the, the three of us to do as a family. Um, the, the, center part of yesterday was taking Sam to go see, uh, the new Spider-Man movie, which was great. Um, so yesterday was planned around that. I got up in the morning. Uh, I started working on the next steps of finishing his swing set. I got all the pieces of wood cut, which was a big part of the job. Um, then I took him to McDonald's for lunch. Uh, and then I took him to see the Spider-Man movie. And then after that, we had some errands to run. We ended up doing some mods and ends. I took him over to Barnes Noble, which is right by the movie theater. uh Just because when we left, I had hands full of stuff, but I had to use the bathroom. But I didn't want to be juggling all these things, you know? So I, we went out to the car so i get rid of it all. And I just drove over to Barnes Noble instead of going back to the movie theater. But we looked around a bit, and he found uh, a pop vinyl figure of uh molten man from the movie. So I let him coax me into getting that for him. Uh he was quite excited about it. And I, I looked around a little bit and you know Barnes Noble when they have their clearance it'll get like steadily more clearance. Usually they keep on finding stuff to throw in it. And I actually found something that I had kind of been wanting to get uh even since it was a new item which is, uh, you know, the Marvel Legends action figures? The kind of oh, yeah. more detailed the, action the nice figures? Kind of, yeah, kind of like the Star Wars other so Black Series that are really yeah. detailed. And, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So uh, they're normally like $20. Bucks. Um, I wanted to get the Captain Marvel one. I wanted that since it came out because I, I really liked that movie. Um, and they had the Captain Marvel figure uh, for half off, so I picked that up for 10 bucks, And uh, it was nice because it was something I wanted, but I didn't need it. Uh, So I kept on saying, no, nah, I don't need it. And eventually I came across it for half price. That makes me even happier than if I would have just got it, you know, full price. So um, it was kind of the day. We we ran around and did some stuff. Like we went from there um, up to sign them up for swim lessons. And then we went to uh, um, Bull Moose Music, which is a store that sells books and music and movies and games and stuff like that. And uh, they buy and sell stuff, you know. So I had a stack of books to trade in. Uh, we decided to let our credit accrue there, uh, towards getting a switch possibly for Christmas. Um, and then, uh, we went and met up with my wife and went out to dinner and, uh, and then we came home after that. So we came home and, uh, one thing I was doing was I was really focused on some aspects of, of, uh, my eating because, there's still something like, I don't, I, I have an imbalance with how I'm eating with trying to figure out like all the, the, you know, things I got to avoid and how to try to like be healthy at the same time. So something was just off and I, I started figuring it out. So I started making adjustments and I could tell through the day, like it made a difference. I was feeling much better than I normally did. So we came home and this is a, uh, we had gone to a uh, Red Robin for dinner. I had a, a chicken sandwich minus the bread and, uh, and, you know, I was, I was feeling pretty good. I said, you know what? I haven't gone for a run in two weeks. I had run every other day for two weeks, and then it just, like, mm-hmm. blew up. And just one thing after another, I couldn't go running. So I said, I'm just going to go do it today. And, uh, so I, I got, you know, got changed for it, and I took off. And, uh, you know, the, the loop that I run is 40, or, um, sorry, it's, uh, three quarters of a mile one way, yeah. and then three quarters of a mile back. And, I ran the whole three quarters of a mile down. Didn't stop. And that is as much more than I've done before. So I was um, very proud of myself and just kind of blown away. And that was after two weeks of not running. It was super humid out. And I, th- I was actually kind of wonder if that made it a little bit easier because there was so much moisture in the air that maybe, like, breathing the moisture air was easier on my lungs or something. I don't know. But so I... I was, anyways, I was, uh, you know, so I was really pumped up about that. And, you know, I, I did the loop to come back and I said, well, maybe I can just keep running and run the whole thing. But as soon as I turn around to come back, I have a steep uphill and that just fried oh, me. I yeah, said, okay, yeah. I gotta walk it a little bit and, you know, let my lungs catch up. Uh, and then right then a thunderstorm rolled in and I was caught in a torrential downpour for the, <laughs> for the return trip. So two eventful things on my last day of my 36th year. Uh, was I, I ran three quarters of a mile without stopping, which is uh, much more than I've ever been able to do. Um, and my whole goal with running is to be able to get to the point where I have that control of my breathing to where I can run, and it's um, you know I, I can. It's not that aspect that's limiting me. So I I'm making pretty good progress on that. If I could go yeah. that far. Um, then the other thing that has never happened to me before was being caught in a, a thunderstorm, a distance from shelter. So I had to walk back the whole way. I had my Bluetooth headphones on, so I had to take my shirt off and tie them over my headphones to keep them from getting drenched. I put my phone in my pocket with a charging port downwards, hoping, you know, that no water would pool up in it in a bad way. And, uh, I was literally maybe 50 feet from home when, uh, my wife showed up to pick me up my son was very concerned about me being caught out in a thunderstorm so so she came out and got me uh probably would have been quicker if she didn't get me but uh she i hopped in the car and he was relieved and lectured me quite proficiently on uh not going out running in a thunderstorm that's a big deal though starting to run that that that,
0: uh you haven't experienced that runner's high thing yet back in when I was like in high school, I did long distance running and stuff uh, for for track and things. I hated it, but I wasn't fast enough to actually run the shorter distances, so they made me run the long distances. But but uh, you know, I'd go three miles, you know, and that's nothing nothing to people that like run marathons or anything like that. But there is a point where you get that it's just like you're not really you're you're just kind of being carried along. I mean, your body just kind of is going. And then you're just this, you're in this vessel that's just kind of, you know, you're just there and it, you're just, eventually you'll get to that point. You'll be doing, you're going to go do a marathon. You're going to win the Boston Marathon or something like that. About, about <laughs> 10 years ago, married. I started running again. Well, a little longer than that. Right before I got married, I started running and, and riding a bike because I had this, uh, we had this nature trail down by my house. I'd go to, and you could, I could go, and I started getting trying to get healthier and do stuff, and that was really fun. It's really good. It's I mean, you just got to take your time. You know, like push yourself. Don't overdo it because you can hurt yourself. But uh, I had this one experience when I, I had to, you had you park in this parking lot and you cross under a highway, uh, a bridge by this creek. And I ran down there. I was running up around this bend by these some trees. And then you, it would take you into this trail that led into a forest. And there was a bobcat just sitting there. And I stopped. And I was like, oh, okay, just go away, little bobcat. Don't bother me. And he he wasn't going to move. And I'm like, well, okay, I want to do my run. So I picked up a rock. And I wasn't trying to hit the thing. I thought I could just scare it by throwing it near him. So I threw the rock. It fell short about three feet and the bobcat jumps up, ran up to the rock, and sniffed it, and then started walk- coming towards me. And I swear, it was like Carl Lewis. I just turned around and ran. I mean, it probably was only like 200, 300 yards to the parking lot. The thing followed me. And I know for a fact, I mean, it wasn't threatening me. It was just curious in retrospect. But at the time, I thought it was coming to eat me. <laughs> it was really scary. It was really scary. But I think <laughs> what happened is probably people were like feeding it or something like that. Because it was... Like this rock is not edible. You must have something else I can eat. So it followed me all the way to the parking lot, and I, I didn't go back for a few days. I gotta be. I gotta admit. Yeah, that was a scary experience.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. You know, one of the things I want to start doing is um, we have a state park pass uh, for the year, so we can go to any state park, and you know it's already all paid for and everything. Um, and I want to start going on yeah. some hikes too. Uh, and uh, so I was, I was just talking to my wife about what what places are closest to us that I can go do that as. So there's a couple of places that are probably let's see, it's probably about gosh, I guess probably like forty minutes away. So it's not like it's nothing, but uh, while I'm on vacation, I might try to go and go hiking once. But it's a little tough when uh, when you got you know family time yeah, and stuff like that. That's good, so, a good active time yeah. too, though. Get down to hiking. Yeah, yeah, I certainly wish I could do it more often. If my son was in school, that's what I would do. Is just while he was in school, I would go and do it. But he's out for the summer, so, it, you know, it'd be pretty busy. But, I mean, once he's back in school, it's a season pass, so, I mean, it's all year. So as long as the, the trails are open and stuff like that, I can use it and go. So that would be something. That's one thing that's that's been a big change recently is uh, I had a couple of things that were some pretty big time-sucking uh, Hobbies that I was doing, I guess. Uh, You know, things for entertainment. Uh, One was getting hooked on Madden Ultimate Team, but that kind of runs its course when it starts getting close to the next game coming out. So I got to the point where, you know, it's like it's still fun for me to just go play Madden, but like I had done what I could really with my team in that, so it was losing the pizzazz. Uh, So that kind of petered off, and I stopped doing that. I would usually play it at least a little bit every day. The other thing was... Uh, I think we talked about this last time, I believe, but I completed yeah, watching. You Game were of nearly Farms. complete the last time. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I wasn't quite done. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was quite pleased when season seven. I watched episode seven and expected episode eight to be next, and episode yeah, one of season yeah. eight was next. So I said, like, "Oh man, great! I saved three episodes." And then season eight uh-huh. was only six episodes, so between the two, it cut off seven episodes. But then, man, season eight, every episode was like yeah. an hour and a half long. And they probably should have been like 45 minutes long. And the first three episodes probably should have yeah. just been one it's episode. Like, it's like the third
0: episode uh, was just – my cousin Dave was like, man, they really didn't need to do that. It was just like service everybody's saying goodbye to one another, expecting they were going to die. Or maybe it was a second episode where everybody's going to go die, and then no one – spoilers, it, the very few of the main
1: people die – yeah, it was it was really I, the first three episodes were pretty lame because the first one was all of them heading for Winterfell, which didn't need a whole episode. The second one was just everybody being like, "Oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. We're friends." And then you know, Cage was like, "Oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Want to have sex?" Um, that was a whole episode, like people hooking up and be like, "Hey, we're buddies. Let's have a drink." Oh, hey, I haven't had sex with you yet. Let's go do that. It was it just and it was so drawn out, and the third episode was the the big battle with uh you know the uh crap what the, did they even the call watch, it? army of the, the Wild dead walkers, the, yeah the white walkers that's yes yeah, it, it was so lame that it just kind of petered it off for me I can't remember but uh, that episode so I remember when the it was going on hearing people complain about how mm-hmm. poorly lit an episode was. And I kind of forgot about all these things. I'm watching this episode. I'm like, man, this episode yes. is really hard to watch. It's poorly lit, and there's way too much action action going on. And oh, okay, that's what everybody was talking about. Yeah, it turns out everybody was right about that. That episode was awful to watch. So, and it didn't need it didn't need an hour and a half of watching this action that you couldn't even tell the what was going on. The first time we on. watched it, it, we
0: had that same experience. And then I was like, okay, there's got to be something you can do. And I did a little bit of research. I went in and changed my TV settings, like the backlight, the lighting, and all this stuff, to a certain way. And it it, it made it a completely different experience. You, actually, you could actually see what was happening. But, you know, <laughs> it's like not like they hand out uh, user's guides for watching Game of Thrones. I mean, they, there should have been a little bit of warning ahead of you uh, when they released it for you to, to watch it. But, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, they oh, should have yeah. just lit it well, better, yeah. is what they should have done. <laughs> That's awful. But yeah, so I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I hated the last season. Like I, I liked it fine. You know, there's things I wish were different. Uh, there's things that I liked fine how they did. Some things I thought were a bit on the cheesy and fan service side. Um, you could definitely tell when it wasn't based off of George yeah. Martin's writing because everything got a lot more mm-hmm. direct and mm-hmm. linear. Uh, it got a lot less um, uh, delightfully complex. It also got a lot yeah. less disturbing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you can you tell the big difference. And when it got to the end, like, they, they basically, like, it felt like they painted themselves in a corner. And you'd be at this point where, like, okay, there's still, like, three things that could happen. As long as this one thing doesn't happen then that one thing would happen. Be like, okay. Well, like that just like cleared out every other possibility. Now there's only one pathway.
0: How did you, but, how did, how did you feel about the outcome of, of Daenerys becoming the big bad that, that, uh, John had to take down.
1: Uh, I thought that that was the most obvious thing to happen. Even if it was still, you know, George Martin writing it, uh, I would expect that to go down the same pathway. Because the whole time, I mean, that that was the well-done part. The way that they had her die is what pinned it down to where, like, you can only have certain things happen at that point. Uh, But, I mean, the whole story, like, her whole story was making you you feel for her because she was the underdog. And she kept on doing these great things and, and, you know, beating these bad people. But as she gained power, she's not the underdog anymore. But she's still ruthlessly crushing people that she deems are wrong. You know, she tries to play the politics game. But whenever politics get tough, what does she do? She just yeah. smites everybody. And it, that's the way it was heading the whole time. And if you look the whole time at what she did, like... She was doing justifiably horrible things, but the justification is always coming from somebody's perspective. So at some point, you know, who's justifying it and who's not? I mean, it was at the point where if she wasn't stopped there and she came to full power, nobody could could argue that something wasn't justified at that point because... She, would, nothing would be yeah, stopping yeah. her at that point it's, it's, uh, I enjoyed it you know I, I,
0: I had a lot of fear that they were just going to end up having her win completely and become this ruthless tyrant and everybody dies that so she crushes everybody and when that didn't happen I was one of the few people that I actually know um, that enjoyed the way it turned out just because I didn't want to see a lot of these characters you know come to a horrible end which very likely could have happened, you know, and very, it very
1: yeah, I thought there were aspects of it that were good, like uh Sansa being you know in charge of the north, yeah. I thought was great, John going back to the wall, I thought was fine, but the the way it happened, I thought was it was because they forced themselves into that, and it was a little bit a little yeah. bit of cop out um. Bran becoming the king, his character was so boring. Yeah. Like, his character never developed, and it was super boring, and, like, that felt like a super big cop-out. Um, I did kind of like how they, um, set up the, uh, mm-hmm. the small council. Like, I thought that had some character to it. Like, Bran might not have had any character to it, to, uh-huh. to him. Um, he was just boring and kind of creepy. But, uh... Yeah, the small council gave it some character, and I think that that also kind of goes to show that, you know, through the whole show, it's never necessarily about who's the the leader. It's about all the people around them and what they're trying to do as well. I mean, if you look at the small council, one of the guys in the small council was about to kill some of the other guys in the small council at one point to, you know, for money, basically, you know. It was, uh, yeah, it was... It it wasn't a great ending, like it definitely wasn't an ending that maintained, you know, the art of the bulk of the series. But yeah,
0: but it was fine. Yeah, I uh, I've read the books. Um, at one point in the last season, I was like, well, I'm not gonna read the books when they come out if when he if he if he ever finishes them. But after watching that, I'm like, no, I'm go- I'm gonna read it because it's gonna be. There's so many different storylines that aren't in in the in the in the show because they had to veer off early on just to make it filmable. I'm really curious about how he handles it if he ever does get done. So I probably will go ahead and read those. Somebody asked me, "Are you going to reread all of them?" I'm like, "Nah, probably not cuz it took me almost a year just to read <laughs> what he's published already. And there's all there's just too much else to to go through and enjoy." Yeah, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, as a whole, I enjoy it. the weird thing is the weekend that it came to a conclusion, my wife and I, and our, our family, her family, we went to this, uh, this, like a Renaissance fair down in uh, Waxahachie, uh, Texas, uh, called Scarborough fair. And there are so many people dressed up like Daenerys running around. And then there's people that have named their daughters, Daenerys, and uh, the, the the reaction people must have had that they thought they were dressing up or cosplaying as this, you know, benevolent, good person, a hero. The hero of the show was her up until a certain point. And then they, they react. The, 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 I would love to have seen the looks on people's faces when like she burns the entire city of just innocent people. <laughs>
1: yeah and you know like i said if you if you didn't see that coming like halfway through the series, then you were pretty,
0: pretty dense, dense, but you also watched it all at once, and when you have to wait like
1: I watched the first four seasons before and yeah. I watched those as they came out one at a time. I watched the rest of it all at once, which was not the most pleasant way to do it but uh, I watched the first four seasons one at a time, and and you know like I said. You kept on making excuses mm-hmm. for it, but she was getting progressively more and more willing to do horrible stuff and more and more believing she in always had power to have somebody talk and, her out of doing the wrong thing.
0: And it got to a point where she mm-hmm. felt she couldn't do that anymore and just went
1: bad completely, you know? Yeah, and there were so many times where she'd be talked out of doing the wrong thing, and then when things didn't go perfect, she'd be like, well, see, you were wrong, and then she would go and do that horrible, awful thing. And that happened all throughout the show. Like her, her character was set like that for a long time, and for a long time, it was just that she could. She, I mean, she could basically wipe out everybody who would view her act as as awful, and then all she would have around, let you know, left around her was the people saying how great she was, and the people that believe. I mean, look at the end; like she had the power she had at the end because she was surrounded. By two groups of people that she liberated, by like you know just brutally slaughtering yeah, all opposition. Yeah. So I mean, why would you think that that wouldn't be how she would, uh, how she would go after Cersei? I think it's because hope.
0: Because here's a strong female character, and they want her to do the right thing. It's almost like they're they're wishing she would. Make the I mean it's like like she said there are like hints that she's gonna go bad, but it's like maybe she won't because that would be have been really cool had she not been, you know, and had it not ended that way would have been possibly even better.
1: See, I think if it didn't it'd yeah. be it'd be cheesy, it'd be taking the easy way out to to get yeah. people to feel good. I think that Sansa was the strong female character that chose to she do the right had thing. The, in she the probably end. had. And developed yeah, she probably her had the everything. hardest,
0: aside from Arya, maybe, her arc was one of the uh, most brutal, in a way, the, what she went through, because she was a naive young child who wanted to be a princess, and then she's thrown into this world, and she is tortured relent- unrelentlessly for years from one person to another and manipulated. And she learned from everything that she went through until she became like, she would have been the perfect ruler for everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that she had the harder path because Arya, uh, essentially had a lot of choice in her path and she chose to do things the hard way that would make her tougher and stronger and able to, exact revenge and stuff Um, Sansa was out for survival and she grew Mm -hmm. maturity along the way and she had to go through a lot of awful awful things but uh, I mean ultimately like you look at all the different characters in the show and like you can pretty much say Sansa and Jon were the two like the the male and female character who at least by the end even if not the whole way through were driven by doing the right thing and by trying to take care of the people they were responsible for taking care of, even if it meant being unpopular or making sacrifices or those sorts of things, no other character was ever that way. You know, Danny, you can argue that, uh, you know, that she potentially could have, but she, she never was that way. She was never out to do the right thing. She was oppressed and fought that oppression and she kept on fighting out from under oppression it was never well, about the doing is, the right thing yeah you know, even when she
0: might. well whenever somebody whenever somebody you, you, is doing something because they feel entitled that it's their right to do it well, ultimately they're usually gonna end up being the bad guy she's she was doing this entire thing just because she felt entitled just because she was a daughter of the king the one of the former kings you know john just was trying to do what was right and he got thrust in a position and he he did what was right tried to sansa the same way she didn't want powers but she she learned through hard knocks what the right thing was and no one else was there she she was like it's like aria told john she's the smartest person i know she has learned and she knows what's right and you know she was the capable person to to take care yeah. of things
1: so yeah and danny she fought out from oppression she developed the ability to be a charismatic leader and to have people follow her because of her charisma but it was never based on wanting to do the right thing or anything like that so she basically built up to the point where like you just said she had always been told of, like, her right to rule, basically. And, I mean, it was her brother's right to rule until, you know... He he got his golden crown from, you know... called Drogo. Uh, Yeah, so it's like, once she developed this charisma and got a taste of that and realized that, like, she could seize her own power, that's what it was all about. And that's why I'm saying you saw that super early on in the show, and and anybody who thought that she was going to be something great and beautiful by the end, come on, like, were you not watching the show? That show was never about everything being great and beautiful in the end, you know? Um, So, I mean, I I think that a lot of things went the course of of how they needed to go. I think that, uh, like, my personal opinion is it would have been better if Arya had been the one to kill Danny, which wouldn't have put John in that position... Uh, Even with the Unsullied and whatever, like Arya could have fleed. She has the skill to, so she could have gone off on her, you know, quest to explore the unexplored parts of the world still. But Jon wouldn't have been in the position where his only choice was to be forced to go to the wall. And then the, you know, who's going to be the king, who's going to be the next ruler would have been a lot more interesting and John still could have chosen to go north, go back to his, uh, you know, his vow to be a, uh, you know, uh, a brother at the wall and, you know, end up going north and helping the, the free people. And, um, yeah. it could have been a lot more interesting. They just, they took away so many possibilities when he was the one. And I understand that, like, you know, you get the, the emotional effect of, the dynamic of oh they're in love and stuff, but but also that dynamic all started post George Martin yeah. writing it because that was when they were scripting it themselves. So they started making really and it cheap, always easy feels a
0: little points. clunky to me the, their interactions. Yeah, yep. my uh, my dream ending also had Arya being the one to kill her, and you know what? That's why I want to read the books when they finally if they ever do come out because I kind of feel like that's kind of what he's billing her up to do. She killed. You know, there's not even a not king.
1: Oh plus now he has a he has a study, you'd be like, Oh yeah, the people yeah, did yeah, not changing. like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well okay, one more question about Game of Thrones and we can move on to something else. Favorite character.
1: I think my favorite character start to finish in the yeah. show is still John. I don't think that he was necessarily the most interesting character at the end of the show because I don't mm-hmm. think he changed. And that's why I liked him from the beginning, and I all through the show he always wanted to do what was right. He didn't always know what was right. Sometimes he thought that what was right was uh, being too stubbornly focused on, uh, you know, like textbook honor rather than like understanding what was really right. And you know, and then you get to the points in the show where he understands what's really right, and he gets murdered by, you know, the Night's Watch uh, for it. Uh, But just all through the show, like, from the beginning it's like I liked his character because of that. Like, at the beginning of the show, I feel like John's character and Danny's character were the most dynamic ones. You really wanted to see them succeed because they were so underfoot and so... You know, they had had such a long way to go. So, like, through the show... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that... uh, So, John, like... I think if I chose somebody other than John, it would just be to choose somebody different than the person that I felt the whole time, basically. Which I think a lot of people do that mm-hmm. uh, when they're, you know, choosing their favorite character. It's like they, they want it to be the most interesting one now. Um, but beyond that, I think that uh, Sansa actually is probably, I think, my mm-hmm. next favorite character. is pretty yeah. high up there, but, like, Sansa... I think Sansa did better with the um, the last couple seasons and her development and everything than probably yeah, anybody yeah. in the show. Looking back, I feel the same way. Arya's high for me.
0: I always loved Tyrion, but he kind of waned as the seasons progressed. Uh, uh, Sansa grew. It, it, was, it was hard for me to accept it because she just made so many bad decisions over time. Um, but uh, in the end, she was great. Um, Sandor Clegane, the Hound, he had one of the, he had a really big, good arc,
1: um. His ending oh, was crap, by the way, brother, that's yeah. one that I hated. I hated it, I hated the fight, it was like putting in this gratuitous fight to please people, but I thought, I didn't even think the, flood, the fight was at all interesting to watch, like I just thought it was awful. His ending was awful. The mountains ending was... Like, it was awful. Like, it's like they seriously just wasted those two characters at the end. It was awful. One more question. I got one more question, and then we can move past Game of
0: Thrones. Uh, do you have any interest at all about the prequels that are going to be coming up soon? Next year or so.
1: I didn't yeah. even know those were coming. That uh, they They could be quite interesting. They could be... No, it is interesting. Um, I'll, I mean, I, I'll be, I'll be watching them after, you know, the fact. I'm sure anyway. So I'll kind of get uh, feedback from people ahead of time, which is beneficial. But if they get positive feedback, there's something I would. They, uh, most likely they had check like out. five
0: ideas in the work at some at one time, mm-hmm. and I think now they're down to like just two or three. Actually, they're they're actually uh, uh, pursuing. Um, one of them is going to be following the those people that were up north of the wall. The first, the first, the, ch- the children of the forest or whatever they little elves-like characters. That uh-huh. and there's another one that's going to be about uh, like, a, like several hundred years before any of this happened. So it could be interesting, could be good, but I don't know if it's going to have the same power, yeah.
1: you know, that that this show had. I don't, I don't think I, I think it's hard to have a story that takes place like outside of the bigger story, uh, you know. And so I mean, first off, I'm not a real big fantasy fan. So when some when when I like delve into something in fantasy, it it is kind of a foray into something else for me, uh, fantasy or sci-fi. In um, you know Game of Thrones, I mean, the reason I watched it in the first place was uh, you know a good deal because of the popularity of it but then obviously there's pretty dynamic characters in it um so like kind of expanding beyond like i'm uh you know i'm not not the type who gets into the lord of the rings and then is you know reading the cimmerillion and getting everything i can out of that at some point you know it's like i hit my limit at at a certain point i guess like um the characters have to be really compelling. There, there has to be something really compelling. I'm not gonna like dive into the like deeper and deeper into a mythos with fantasy or sci-fi. Like the, the type of stuff that I would dive deeper and deeper into. Would like I don't know. I guess like all kind of superhero comic book type of stuff like has some elements of fantasy and sci-fi in them. But there's something yeah. else to it, you well, know. Well, character that, um, and story. that makes it
0: easier no matter what the setting, if it's sci-fi, fantasy, real world, whatever, if there's not good character, good story, plot, you know, you're not going to be interested anyhow,
1: you know? Yeah. Like, uh, Black Hammer by Jeff Lemire is a good example where, and obviously that's like, it's growing, but it's not like a, uh, uh, too massive of a work. Um, but that's one where it's like you start reading the main story and you get into these characters and then you can get some offshoot stuff that you know is going to be good because you know how the character development is and that it's done well. Um, so like, you know, you're reading the main story and then there's a, a, you know, an offshoot one shot title about, you know, cthulhu Louise, yeah. and you're like, if, yeah, I'm in, yeah. you know, that sounds awesome, you know. Um, you know, would be in, a better example, I guess, would be like yeah. uh, Hellboy, where it's like I started reading Hellboy, reading the Hellboy titles proper, and BPRD was kind of like, I don't know, this might be expanding too much. I don't know if I want to do that. But then I start reading it, and you get hooked in, and like you yeah. get into all these different characters, and then it grows, and then you know, the next thing you know, it's like not just Hellboy and BPRD, and those titles continuing to go. But then you get, you know, Lobster Johnson, that's like a guy from the past, and you get. Um, you know, Abe Sapien gets a series about him and, um, you know, all these other series that are either focusing on single characters or introducing other peripheral characters or ones that are even a little bit more peripheral that don't really have anything to do with the Hellboy story like, um, like, uh, um, uh, Baltimore that they're just, you know, it's like the the stories are good. The character growth is good. There's just so many good elements in there, and that's one where it's like you know, kind of horror, kind of sci fi ish, uh, but there's just like enough elements there that it's like something drew me in and made me give it a shot, and then I got more and more hooked on it. So it's like I'm kind of growing with it. But some things that are already so massive, like uh, Game of Thrones, is one where you know, obviously, like we're learning the story and it's growing, but you can feel right from the beginning of it that it's like he has this grand scheme of things worked out pretty well right from the get go. So you're, you're jumping into a mm-hmm. world that already exists. Those are a bit harder for me to like, to keep yeah, going
0: into black hammer. I've been keeping up with the only thing I haven't tried to keep up. They just, he just surprised the heck out of me that he did it. They, they, Black Hammer, the Black Hammer universe crossed into the DC universe recently, and I'm like, (laughs) someday I'm going to pick those up. It's not something I've been picking
1: up, but I'm really curious. Yeah, those are like pick it up and trade or something type of deal. Because I I wonder too if it'll actually have an impact on the universe or. Uh, like Batman TMNT crossover, for example, that takes place in its own world. It's not proper TMNT. It's not proper Batman. It's uh, an, I guess you'd say like an World story, you know? Um, and that, that's pretty interesting. I haven't read the third issue of the third series yet, but they're on the third series and it's starting off super interesting. Have no, you checked have that not. out at all? No. So Batman TMNT volume three Starts off in a world that's very strange. Uh, it's, it's, you, you find out in the second issue, uh, so, since the third issue is out, I'm gonna assume this isn't too spoilery. Uh, but you find out in the second issue that the first issue that you're reading, the world is confusing because it's literally like Batman's world and the turtle's world yeah. melded into one. Um, and then they kind of, throw out the whole, uh, like infinite earth type of ideal where, you know, it's like there's different, all, all these different worlds and universes and stuff like that. Um, and at the end of the first issue, you get a turtle from the original turtle series, you know, drawn yeah. by Eastman and Laird, uh, showing up to, be like, which, hey, something isn't right. We need to do something about this before and it's all over. That sounds brilliant to me. I remember. I think
0: I heard you talk with Joey about that. Um, uh, yeah, that that mm-hmm. that sounds really interesting
1: because yeah. like a, it's like a it's like a meta look at it. Yeah, it, it's it's honestly not the most original idea either. Uh, they did that with uh, Turtles Forever, which was. Uh, Like, I guess you'd say, like, a one shot movie in the second Ninja Turtle cartoon series, like, Uh towards the end of that run, that it brought in the original Turtles and the original Cartoon Turtles. So, uh, that's an awesome, like, super fun thing to watch, even if you just kind of like the Turtles. That was really good. Yeah, so, I mean, the whole idea of, like, bringing in a past iteration and it's like it's a different world. It's been done before, Uh, you know, so now they're kind of doing it again with Batman, but it hasn't been done in a comic yeah. book like this. So, like, even though it's not a completely original idea, it's still great to see the execution and it's cool to see it mixed in with the with the Batman universe. So, like, in the first issue, you see um I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, uh, but it's basically a mix of the Joker and Shredder melded into one character. It's so like, you know, you get stuff like that that's interesting, like these two distinct characters melded into one. So that's adding a new dynamic to it that just is, is super fun to see. So, like, that's been fun.
0: Yeah, that's that sounds really good. I got a, a box of books this week <laughs> from somebody, from you. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of I mean, a lot of it, uh, there are several uh, Star Wars trades you picked up for me that you got a good deal on from Bull Moose. I, I'm thinking it is. There's some G.I. Joe in there, yeah. which I'm always happy to see, or the realms. But of the two that intrigue me the most, I think, well, three. Um Batman versus Predator looks really interesting. That's three floppies. And there's this massive, giant Tom King Mr. Miracle trade you sent me. And The Man of Steel by Bendis. And uh, I really don't know what I want to jump into. on. Um, what, what, of those three titles, which one did you enjoy the most?
1: Um, I couldn't really read the Batman Predator one. Oh, yeah. I tried, but the, the property of the Predator was... Like, that's the kind of comic book that if you like the property, it carries uh-huh. you through it, you know? but uh, it just it, it was a little bit too tedious reading for me but um, it it's not that it's bad either Like I, other people read it and, and liked it because uh, I actually had it, quite a few copies of that that I had gotten from our friend Dennis actually uh, he had extras and he sent them to me and then I kind of dispersed them to other people as well um, yeah I, I tried reading it and it was it kind of slogged for me a little bit but if you I mean like when the first Predator movie came out, I was way too young to watch it. So if you, uh, you know, were old enough to have watched that movie when it first came out and remember the excitement of, like, that is a pretty cool, like, sci-fi action movie, um, you'll like it more. And it wasn't, like, I was reading it, it wasn't bad. It certainly wasn't bad, but it just, like, it was the kind of thing where I was like, this, this isn't what I want to spend my rat. time reading, pretty much. Um... The Man of Steel, so I, that actually I had gotten from our friend Jay, so it's getting a a second life, uh, you know, it's, it's continuing its, its life cycle here of being shared amongst people. Um, that was a, was pretty fun to read, and that was, of course, the first thing that Brian Michael Bendis did when he Uh moved over to DC. Um, it was, it was a good read, but Mr. Miracle is the one that there's, I still don't one hundred percent know what to say, what I think about Mister Miracle. There's things that I liked about it a lot. Um, for me, Mitch Grads, who's the artist, is the the bigger draw. Like I like Tom yeah. King fine, but like I've liked I've liked Mitch Grads uh, since he did uh, The Punisher with um, something Edmondson. I forget his first name uh, who wrote it, but uh, I really liked that Punisher run. I loved the art of it, and I read. Uh, most of the Sheriff of Baghdad that I have to reread, and that was him with Tom King. And then, of course, Mr. Miracle, uh, and then, you know, of course, they've done Batman for a good long time together now. Um There is a lot of things I like that they did with that, and, like, the formatting and stuff like that, but there's, stu- like, the whole story and everything, there's some thing... Like, it's one of those things where it's either really great or... I'm frustrated by it, and I'm not 100% sure which, but it's definitely worth reading. and That that would be what I would say is the the most worthwhile thing to endeavor on in
0: there. Is there anything else you've uh, watched or read recently that uh, you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, there's been so many things. It's funny because since the last time we record, I keep on being really excited to do a podcast right. with you, talk about something. Game of Thrones actually was a big one of the ones. So when I finished that, I was like, I got to talk about this with somebody now. And, uh, it's kind of hard to because the people who were into it, they had already yeah. got it out of their system and everybody else doesn't care, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't even remember everything that, uh, that I've kind of read or gone through or whatnot. Uh, one thing that I am excited about... So, you actually mentioned War yes. of the Realms I sent you. Um, this isn't the thing I'm getting to that I'm very excited about. But with... I, I don't buy a lot of floppies a month. Uh, because if you, like... I, if I spend too much there, that means I don't have choices on what I can spend on. Because I don't have a lot of flexibility with spending on comics right now. So, I like to keep my my floppies a little sparser... Uh, and actually the, the, the floppies that I get aren't necessarily my favorite things. They're things that I'm kind of excited to read when they come out. Um, and I also like to, if I'm going to get a Marvel book, I like to get it that way because they have the digital code so I can get it and I can use the digital code and then I can share the physical copy with somebody else that'll check it out. So I've been doing that with you. So I sent you war of the realms. So I got War of the Realms because it was written by Jason Aaron, who uh, wrote Thor for a very long time through many different iterations of the series, and I loved Jason Aaron's Thor, like his first run on Thor. I've read, I've read bits and pieces between that and now, and he's definitely you know a very good writer, but I loved absolutely loved that first run so when i was talking to you know my lcs and um he was saying like how excited he was for it and stuff and it's jason aaron and it's six issues and you don't have to read all the offshoots i was like okay i can do six issues of that so i got that um and I, I, i enjoyed it um i think you'll enjoy it so i was glad to be able to share that But the next one that was coming up was uh, Rick Remender taking over the X-Men properties. And so that, like, I have really mixed feelings about X-Men right now with, you know, what's currently going on. This is like pre-when this comes up. Because when they announced that Uncanny was going to start again, I was like, awesome. I love X-Men. Uncanny X-Men has always been like the X-Men title. Now I can get back into that. And the first 10 issues were uh, a weekly story that wasn't very good. There were way too many cooks in the kitchen, and it was way overpriced. The first issue, I believe, was an $8 extra-sized issue. The last issue, I want to say, was $6 or something like that. It was an extra-sized issue. Um, And it was put out weekly, and it just wasn't very good. And then after that, and I mean, like I read it and the story, there was enough to enjoy there if you wanted to, but for it to cost as much as yeah, it did, it yeah. wasn't worth it. Um, And then after that, it, it got a bit better. So like with issue 11, it would be, you know, went back to being a monthly series and there weren't a handful of people all writing it. It was just one guy. um, And uh, it was uh, Rosenberg. And, uh, it got better, but then it, like, I, I was enjoying it, but after a while I was like, man, this is just treading water. It's not doing anything. Like, it keeps on just treading water, and it's not going anywhere, and it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere, it doesn't feel like it's doing anything important. So, I've read, I, the, the only issue I have left to read of his run is the last issue, which just came out, uh, and I'll be hitting up the comic shop hopefully tomorrow to grab that so I can finish it up, um... But so I'm partially ready to just give up on it and live in the past, which isn't a bad thing to do with how many years have passed of, you know, very many great comics there are um, with the X-Men. But Rick Remender is taking over. And the things that I hear sound good. It sounds like, you know, there's a lot of different X-Men things I read, like especially when I was getting into X-Men that were like big kind of seismic moments that did have a lasting impact. Um, and that's kind yeah, of how they're touting yeah. this. Um, now, of course, if Marvel is saying it, how much are you going to believe it? Because they just want to sell you the books. If Rick Remender is saying it, how much are you going to believe it? Because he's yeah. the one writing the books. Um, so, I mean, you got to kind of take it all a bit with a grain of salt. Uh, but starting uh, sometime very soon... Uh, House of X and Powers of X are two, they're going to be like two miniseries that are what are relaunching everything. So I'm really excited about those because if they're good, and I really like Rick Remender, I've read a good amount of his stuff and I've always really liked it. Fear Agent is one of the most fun reads I've had in comics, I think. Um, So I'm really excited about the potential of it and, I mean, worst case scenario if it doesn't live up to the potential, I'm pretty good just being like okay I'm, I'm giving up on uh trusting marvel stuff you know i'll grab something here or there if i if i feel like it but i'm not gonna like it really will kind of solidify the not getting sunk into a character when it comes to marvel yeah. i guess i've know? not read a lot of
0: remember but I, what i've read by him fear agent uh, a few volumes that you shared with me and uh seven to eternity which is a series i'm still following that he's still working on Um, I've, I've not been let down by, by his work. So it'll be interesting to see what he does.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, seven to eternity. I read some of, and I enjoyed, but I kind of tailed off on it at a, at a certain point. Um, I believe he wrote low. I read some of low and, uh, that was pretty good, but I, I think seven to eternity was a little bit better and they're both kind of in that, like, you know, very, um, pretty looking art and, uh, you know, fantasy kind of sci-fi kind of worlds. Um, he also did black science that I've read some of. It's been quite a while though, so I I can't really say much about it. Um, and then did he do Manhattan Projects? I do projects? not know. It sounds right, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't know. Let me double check that. Manhattan Projects. No, no, that was oh, Jonathan I, Hickman. Yeah. Okay, I didn't think that was him, but I, I just picked up. Um, I think all of Manhattan Projects digitally over the course of sales over a period of time, um, and I read a good chunk of it uh, quite a long time ago, uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to rereading it because Manhattan Projects is some pretty wild stuff. It's, uh, I've, it's heard I've heard about uh, it, I've heard on some uh,
0: shows, uh, podcasts I listen to they talk about it, especially when it first came out, they were talking about it, it sounded really interesting so it's probably something I'll check out someday, but right now I've just got a stack, I've got the stack you sent me, I've got the stack of books I've, I'm have i behind, on. I'm still getting my volume books, I'm behind on a lot of the newer releases there, um, I'm still reading Birthright by Williamson with the art by Brisson uh, Black Badge the Black Hammer books. And uh, that's about it. Uh, Gideon Falls, I'm still reading. I just got the newest one of, uh, issue of It. I'm two issues behind on that. And uh, the only other thing really I'm picking up is I'm getting all the Conan titles on comiXology. Everything. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you brought up Jason Aaron and what he's doing. For somebody, that, you know, they have to, to bring back a property to Marvel they grab the right guy to do it because he is like, he's hitting it on it. it anybody that's from, likes Conan already should have no problems with because uh, he's 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 bringing it to where the point it should be in my in my opinion. Um, he's hitting all the right notes. And the crazy thing, it, the crazy thing that's about it is, it. it's the life and death of Conan, which you know that's pretty. Uh, excuse my phrase, but it's pretty nervy and ballsy to <laughs> the first big giant multi-volume arc is going to be the life and death. Um, but he's, he's doing a really good job.
1: That's awesome. i need to check that out. Some I do have... Uh, I got a digital copy of the first issue of Savage Avengers. Is that right? Yeah, that yeah. has Conan in it? Yeah, so I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, and... Yes, yeah, so I, I guess right now I'm kind of, uh, I there was a lot of stuff I was looking forward to talking about, and I don't remember what most of it is now, so I'm looking forward to some of the future yeah. for us to have to talk about next time. Um, I did start picking up Daredevil also, uh, written by Chip Zdarsky. I've heard so many good things about it. Uh, so I picked that up at the beginning of the second arc, um, so I'll have to... to find a way to get my hands on the, the first arc to catch up too. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's definitely some things with Marvel that are interesting me. Um, and as we wrap up here, uh, I'll say one thing that's, that I found interesting is, uh, somebody who, uh, I've known for a while on Twitter, uh, was a, a big time DC reader and he just kind of shook up his stuff and he's getting a bunch of Marvel. Um, and, I think there's a mix of reasons, but I think it's kind of interesting how easy it is to kind of get rolling on one publisher. And then sometimes you get to where you're kind of tired of it. And that makes that other publisher so much more exciting. And like, I've always been more of a Marvel guy, but every once in a while I'm like, Oh man, like this stuff is getting to feel just like too much. Same old, same old. And, um, there was I, I checked out a little bit of DC stuff uh, a while ago that was interesting to me that was kind of different like uh, Plastic Man and I checked out Hawkman because Robert Venditti wrote it um, so I read the the first issue I got to check out those things a little bit more because it might be time for me to kind of you know at, at least as far as superhero comics go shake things up a little bit and get something new in there yeah but I think we uh, so that this episode is mostly our, our Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Our Game of Thrones uh, recap episode, I guess, or at least our, our final thoughts on it, which is definitely something that I needed. A bit of catharsis there. The best thing about me finishing watching Game of Thrones like this was uh, I had got a, a month of DirecTV Now to watch the hockey playoffs, the, the last two rounds, and i ended up having to pay for a second month because the the stanley cup finals ended 4 days after i had to pay for the second month so i then binged through 4 seasons of game of thrones to finish that series which i think was uh a way to make the money i spent on the the 2 months of direct tv now well worth it so i got my money out of it that that's what that was the bare minimum got my money out of it so <laughs> But awesome! So thank you for uh, for getting together and talking thank with you. me on my Happy birthday. And uh, quite a couple of okay, days have a great vacation. Thank you, and, thank uh, you. Yeah, we'll meet again. Until next time. Uh, so, r- random thought to end it. Uh, you saw that one of the things I got for my birthday uh, was yes. Doctor Strangelove. Doesn't that movie end with a song oh, we'll gosh, meet again long, I don't know but I it very well could
0: it's been a long time since I've watched that just
1: you saying we'll meet again just kind of made that pop in my head it, it could, very be well might I could be wrong be i thinking about the,
0: the three selections you bought of Criterion selection and two of them I've, I've seen um the that that movie the uh,
1: the one with a uh, Bill Murray uh yeah, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. So I got that one because I had $50 in gift cards. And uh, so, I mean, the, the the other two movies I got, one of which was a set of three movies, the, the Samurai Trilogy about Miyamoto Musashi. Um, so that was the main thing. Like, I knew I was going to get that. The second thing I was going to get, I was originally going to get yeah. Rushmore. Uh, but then I was looking and I came across Dr. Strangelove and so I grabbed it along with Rushmore and kind of thought as I kept looking, I said, you know what? I'm going to get Dr. Strangelove. But then it, like, it kind of was itching in the back of my mind that like, I want to get the nice, like Blu-ray sets of the Criterion movies little by little, you know, I'm taking advantages, uh, advantages, uh, advantage. I can't talk. Good Lord. I'm taking advantage of these sales to slowly build a collection. But I knew that some of the Wes Anderson movies had been released with like is still on Criterion, but like a basic mm-hmm. release of the movie. So I kind of poked around the DVDs a little bit, and I found uh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zisu and it was seven bucks oh, normal wow. price. So with the half off sale they're doing a Barn- Barnes Noble, is only yeah. three fifty. So I was like altogether out of pocket after the gift cards. I spent five bucks on those movies because I also had my like my ten percent member discount. So. Yeah, so I got uh, Dr. Strangelove, which I haven't seen since, like, right after I graduated high school. Uh, I got the Samurai Trilogy, and I got the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, And I'm quite excited about that, and hopefully I actually watch them in a timely manner, because I still have quite a few of the movies that I got for Christmas yeah, to watch. Yeah, so. I hope you do, too. I,
0: I really want to hear about the Samurai Trilogy, because that's something I'm really interested in, uh,
1: hopefully watching someday myself. Uh, I've actually been reading the book that they're based on too which is um, a series of, of novels by uh, I'll have to talk about this more next time it's been a while since I've read it um, and I'm like I'm a decent chunk into it but uh, I, I can't remember the author off the top of my head but we'll talk about it that more next time um, I by no means will have finished it or have started watching yeah. the movies but uh, we can at least talk a little bit more in depth about them but we'll call it a night now Thank you very much once again. Happy birthday to me. I have enjoyed it. This was a nice kind of nightcap on the day. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll meet again. Yay. That wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Ooh.